Last week, uh, Camille, uh, thank you for speaking last week, kicked off a series of thoughts um, that I believe are going to be, I'm hoping, I'm trusting, I'm believing, life-transforming. But what I saw and sensed in the room this morning, I believe the Lord is already working on so many of our hearts in the area of praise and worship. And I'm going to be speaking on um, worship and praise over the next few weeks. Um, There's so much confusion about praise, worship, what it is, why we should do it, how important it is. Um, You know, I've heard it said, um, you know, praise being the fast songs, worship being the slow songs. I've heard it said that praise is the happy songs, worship are the sad songs. Um, I've heard all sorts of ways in which to describe praise and worship. Um, And I'm just going to hopefully bring some clarity, um, shake some things up in your own life. Uh, The very first message I ever preached, I preached on joy. It was 18 pages of A4 paper. It took me 22 minutes. I can't forget the two. 22 minutes to read. I wasn't doing half the stuff that I preached but I can thankfully say to the, to before you and the Lord that uh, I, I, everything that I once preached then I now do in my own life here in church, but also in my own living room or, or my office. Um, and and I, I just love praise and worship. Um, I, I could praise and worship all day long um, because I just it, it's who I am. You cut me, cut me in pieces and I will praise and I will worship. I just absolutely love it. Um, so we're going to be looking at worship, what, what it is, why we do it, um, but also really going back to the start, going back to the orig- origin of worship. And there's this great scripture that Camille used last week, they who worship me must worship me in spirit and in truth. And, and that is, if you like, if, if that is the overriding theme. And today's thought is this, the origins of worship. So uh, we're going to kick off with this thought here. Music has the ability to capture and transform our soul. It's interesting. The music is, is, is a commodity. It's, it's, a, it's something that is a, a, an art. It's a form. It's, it's something that is so powerful that music can influence a person's life. You think the amount of people in this room, if, if, if my mum was here, I'd, I know I'd get one hand. Who in your life can you look back at as a musical music artist that influenced your life? Now, I could go Elvis Presley and my, hand, my mum's hand would go up in a flash. My mum, you know, she at one time had more pictures of Elvis in the house than she did my dad. <laughs> which was rather concerning. My dad was in better condition than what he was at the time, but there we go. Um, Who influenced your life, your journey, um, as you grew up in the area of music? For me, I grew up in the days of punk. That's why the only dance I know is the pogo. (laughs) I tried doing the caterpillar at a a disco once, and... the caterpillar is you go down on your, on your chest and you bounce back up and it looks cool. Well, I didn't get back up. I just smacked the ground and stayed there. And it's like, oh, I hurt my chin. I'll never do that again. Pogoing is a lot easier. So, but we all have had things, music, that has influenced our life. Music will influence your life for good or for bad. Uh, and I, 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 was, I was one of those, have I got anything big enough? Mm. 
This will do. Ah, yes. <laughs> I was one of those youth that walked around with my ghetto blaster, not quite as high, but definitely as big. And I will walk along with my ghetto blaster all around Elverstoke, the rich place. I walked around with my ghetto blaster blasting out anything that I liked. Most people probably didn't like. So in, music influenced my life to a large degree as I was growing up. And music has influenced all of us. Music surrounds us. Or sounds surround us. Modern music, it's my opinion, is a sound. It's not music. Glenn Miller was music. You know, the, the, the old, what they call them, the, the old 50s, what they call them, Alan? Crooner. Crooner, yes, they're the ones. Thank you, Camille. You know, the likes of Nat King Cole and... and um, that's it. Thank you, Jerry. No, you're showing your age now. There we go. But you are, you are 80, aren't you? Nearly. Nearly. Did I age you? <laughs> but, but when you think age and time has influenced all of us through music, and music has the power to change our soul and influence our journey. That is the, 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 the dynamic or the power that our youth are dealing with today that we dealt with when we were young and the generations before us. Music can be, or the sounds that surround us can be music that we can hear. It may be the sounds. We were sat in the garden on Friday, I think it was, and we were just having a, a quiet moment um, on the day off. And, and I just said, Jane, what can you hear? And there was, a tr there was a truck reversing, and then there was some, some pigeons, whatever they do. There, 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 there was a lawnmower going, there was something else going, there were was, was sounds surrounding us. And then there are things that we can't pick up with the human ear. We are surrounded by sounds. In this room right now, if I turned on my radio, there are radio waves in this room. I think there's a microwave in here. There's probably microwaves. There are ah, radio waves through this thing. Uh, there are frequencies everywhere. Even the Bible speaks about the sounds of heaven. And I love the scripture, Psalm 148. If you've got your Bible, feel free to, to turn to it. Psalm 148. I know, Camille, I think you read this scripture last week as well. So I'm just going to... Nip there quickly, and it says, uh, verse 3 and 4, it says, uh, 148, not 46, 148, 3 and 4, it says, praise him, sun and moon. Have you ever heard the sun and the moon sing? Praise him, all you stars of light. Scientists, I, I went on, on Google, I've done this before, and I went on Google and tapped into NASA, not their computer system, but I tapped into <laughs> Google. And, and, and the sounds of the stars and the sound of the planet and the thudding and the noise uh, and, and all creation, you pull that together, all creation singing and making noise to the Lord. Praise him, all you stars of light. Praise him, you heavens of heavens and you waters above the heavens. I, I just think, you know, if, if when we're not praising, all of heaven is praising him. 
All of creation is praising him. Music has the power to heal. We've heard um, reports, um, scientific reports, when uh, they were doing scientific studies on the effects of music, and, and they placed the same flower, plant, shrub, whatever it was, in a room, soundproof room, and they played classical symphony kind of music. And the music and the plant, the plant thrived and grew and was lush and healthy. They took its sibling or its, its equal and they put it in the room and they played hard rock music and the thing withered. <laughs> but if that had an effect on a plant, what effect does that have on our life? You know, I'm not telling you this is what the Bible says. This is what scientists did with a plant. I wonder what prolonged sound would have upon our soul. Music has the power to heal or the power to destroy. The nature of music can lift us to the heavens. Like this morning, it was beautiful. It was like touching heaven. It was like, oh, like, in all honesty, it's like being back in Africa. Because that sound, there is a sound of Africa. I, I, we're, we're not an African church, but we are a kingdom church. And that kingdom includes all cultures. And if it means we sound a bit African from time to time, or a little bit Polish, or a little bit Caribbean, I am happy. I am so happy. Because we're not just white British. We are kingdom Music can lift us to the heights of heaven, but it also can drag us down to the pit. If, it can, if music can... Just think about where your soul went this morning because you were engaged with the music that we were playing. Where will music take you that's not sanctified or comes from light or darkness? Because there's only two realms, remember? In all that I've been teaching over the last few months there are only two realms jesus said it there are two realms is either light or darkness either we come from the first adam or the last adam either the influence to the songs we sing come from the last adam or they come from the soul of the first adam music has power music can cause us to leap and to dance and to spin and to get so excited or Music can cause you to be stirred for battle. That last song, do you know what that stirred? That stirred my heart for battle. It stirred my heart to know that God fights for me and with me in the situations of life. Music can stir us for war. Music has the power to direct or redirect your soul. I remember when I was a child um, in the West End Gospel Chapel in Fareham with my two little um, Sunday school teachers. And we used to sing a song. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. There's a father up above who's looking down in love. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Because what you hear and what you see are the entrance gates to your soul. The ear gate, the eye gate, are the entrance gates 
to our soul. What we see with our eyes will filter through to our soul. And once they filter through to our soul, they will direct you in the right path or the wrong path. Be careful, eyes, what you see. Be careful, ears, what you hear. Music can create an emotion immediately. I tell you what, if I played the first dance song of any of your weddings, it would take you back there immediately. True? Music can move you from here to there in a moment. Why? Because a part of you connects and sometimes doesn't let go. The songs of the old generation of church. I love those songs. I love the old hymns that I used to sing at Fair and Baptist Church. I love hymns. I've said many times that when I die, I'll get, die in my, my funeral will be with hymns. But you know what? There are some songs that we sing today that are just absolutely awesome as well. But we can get so attached that we forget that we think that, that things move on. Music in its purest form is a blessing from God. Why? Because it lifts us. It's designed. Music is designed to lift you, to heal you, to bring God's presence into your world. God's presence. I, I, if, when, 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 if you ever go to hospital and you're with someone who's dying, one of the best things you can do is play music. Godly, Christian, spirit-filled music. It has the power to heal. You don't put your trust in the, it's the anointing of God on that music. Absolutely. It's not the, the music. Please don't hear me. It's not the music. It's the anointing of God on that music. Just like the anointing of God on me can heal, but I can't heal. True? It's the anointing of God upon that music. And we see this in Scripture, that when music was being played, healing took place. And I, I think there's such a power. And it was that moment in, in, in Saul's life where a distressing spirit came upon Saul and David would take up his harp. Let's read it. In 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 23, And so it was, whenever the spirit from God was upon Saul, that David would take up the harp and play it with his hands. Then Saul became refreshed and well, and the distressing spirit would depart from him. I'll tell you what, everybody needs to get their CD out there, their, their, um, what they call them these days, yeah, your Spotify, whatever, it, and, and play music so that it, you allow the presence of God into your home, into your heart, and into your soul, because sometimes it's soul health that needs to come before body health. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health just as your soul. The soul is very important to the healing of our physical body. If our soul isn't in the right place, then the physical body may not follow or it may, it may just work against you in that situation. So here the distressing spirit would depart as, as, as what's his name? David got his harp. I'm not saying, you know, don't, please don't call me in to, to come and pray for you. And could you bring your harp with you? I'm not, I'm not a harpist. I'm not a guitarist. I'm not. 
But God used David to heal through music and the distressing spirit left. Come on, there is such a power in music that is godly and right. Music is also a subtle and a devious tool that the enemy will use. He corrupted it. And now he uses it to turn people away from God. Or to distract them from God. Or to emotionally impact their life so that they don't walk with God. It's interesting the power of music and the influence that the enemy has. Proverbs 4.23 says, protect your heart with all diligence. What is that? The entrance gates. Protect what you hear. If the first thing that you do when you get into your car is turn on the radio, one, two, three, four, then what are you listening to? And what is going in your heart? If the first thing you do is put on some, you know, you wake up in the morning on a Monday morning and you put on some old country and western, you know, Betty ran off with Brian and you think, no, come on. You know, that's not what you want to be filling your head with. You want to be filling your head with the right stuff. That the word of God comes through. Keep your heart with all diligence. That means you've got to be watchful. You've got to be careful. You've got to be insightful about these things. You know, I, I, do you know what? I, I, when I, all week long, I've struggled with this word. Because I know music is precious to every individual. Music is unique to every individual. Oh, I could preach on healing. I could preach on faith. I can preach because we all want that. But you touch my music. See, I could have gone down all the different bands and I thought, no, nah, I ain't going there. I'll lose a lot of friends this morning. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, there are so many who have been influenced by a man called Alistair Crowley, who was the head Satanist of our nation back in the early 1900s. And music was influenced by Alistair Crowley in so many bands and are still today, even though he's dead. We need to be careful of what we're listening to. I've put this thought down here. Are we aware of the music we're allowing to filter into our soul? Because music carries a message, whether good or evil. Three questions. What is the soundtrack of your life? If you used, if used to say, this is the soundtrack of my life. This is, this is what... This is the song that gets me going. This is the song that I just so love. This is the song that brings back so many memories. This is the group. What is the soundtrack? Or what music is played on the chord of your heart? What gets you whistling that tune every time? What music is at the top of the charts when it comes to your soul? This is a, this is, this is a, I will get on very much more to praise and worship in the weeks ahead. But what I needed to lay a foundation because without that, this foundation, this is a prequel to Camille's message. A prequel is the one before that came after. Anyway, without the foundation, we won't really get it. But when we understand the importance of music and worship, we will. Music is either influenced by one or two spheres. The sphere of light or the sphere of darkness. There is no other way. 
There is not three paths, there's two. The wide way and the narrow way. There's two spheres, the light or the dark. There's either good or evil. There, there, there isn't a third path, oh, that's okay. No, all things come out of two paths. As I was preparing these thoughts, I came across this statement. Every song is a sermon for good or evil. It's like, wow, because they all have lyrics. They all have an intent. They all want to drop something into our soul, into our heart in the journey. God desires to draw us to him. See, very often we say, oh, I, want to, I want the presence of God. Do you know what? God wants you in his presence. How do we get into God's presence? It's so easy. Psalm 100 verse 4, it says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise and be thankful unto him and bless his name. How do we enter his presence? We just begin to praise. The moment that you begin to praise his presence, his presence is there. You know, you got a, every one of us has got a choice. Whether we switch to Radio 1 or we put on the, the CD or the Spotify and we enter his gates and into his courts with praise. I tell you, let's continue to enter the courts with praise and give thanks to his holy name. There is nothing more wonderful than the people of God in the presence of God, giving praise to God. And I think this morning, just it, 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 just, it was that moment. It was, as I penned that down this week, I thought, yeah, that, that is so true. Penned it down, typed it. The people of God, in the presence of God, giving praise to God. There's nothing like it. And as we as one, see, in a symphony... In music, you know, you can start off with one musician playing a violin, and then another person's playing, playing a tuba, or no, it's not a tuba, is it? A tuba, a tuba, a trombone, or whatever. As each one are playing their individual instruments, there is a cacophony of noise. It doesn't sound pleasant, but when the conductor goes, and then everyone is together, something happens. There is a symphony of sound that is beautiful. Do you know what? When we come into this place, upper room, let's go back upper room first, 120 in the upper room. They were of one accord. They were of one heart. They were of one mind. They were waiting for the presence of the Holy Spirit to fall. And they were of one heart. When this room comes together with one heart, and that is to praise him. Not with our agenda, not with our likes or dislikes, not with what we want and what we don't want. But when we come for a heart of worship, and it's all about him, I believe something significant will begin to break out. Not only in our heart, but amongst us and amongst the community. Do you know what? The Welsh revival, they started in this little room. They were all praying, but they were of one heart and of one mind. When we see revival breaking out in different nations and, and Pensacola and, um, and Azusa Street and all the different, what was the key factor? They were of one heart and they were of one mind and then God moved in miraculous ways. 
When we come to church, let's not come to church ready to be warmed up by the praise and worship team. They're going to have to stir me with a good song today. Whether it's your song, the song you don't like, the song that frustrates you. And there are songs that frustrate me. <laughs> Did you notice I walked this way when I said that? <laughs> but you know what? It's not the song, it's the heart. It's not necessarily the words. It's the heart of worship. It's the heart of the individual. And I think something is beginning to happen in the house of God here that is beautiful. What are the origins of worship? To everything good, there is a counterfeit. To everything that God wanted to do that was right, there was an anti to it because there is an anti-Christ. Christ came to redeem and there is an anti-Christ who comes to destroy. What is the origins of worship? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just follow my thoughts here for a moment because there are many theologians that believe that Lucifer, whose name means morning star, and I want you to remember that, morning star, was responsible for music and worship in heaven. And it was that very thing that caused pride to rise up in his heart because he had a desire to be worshipped and that was the moment that pride rose up in his heart. Listen to these thoughts. Job 38, verse 7. God has just sat Job down. He said, Job... You think you know a lot. Let me tell you some things. And he starts to tell Job, was you there when I created the earth? Was you there when I flung out the planets? Were you there when I put a stop on the, on, on the sea from its boundaries? Were you there when I did this? Were you there? And I love it. God's just telling him, were you there, Job? You think you've got it all together? Think about it. I, I, I got, got passionate. And then he says, were you there, basically? When the morning star or the morning stars sung together. The morning star, remember Lucifer means morning star. And he's saying, were you there when the morning stars sung together? My opinion, it's plural, stars. The morning stars could be the third of the angels that fell. That's just my thought. I haven't heard anyone else say that. But there were a third of the angels that went with Lucifer. And then it says, and the sons of God shouted for joy. The sons of God always, throughout the Bible, the sons of God are always referred to as the angels. So here, the morning stars, the third, in my opinion, the third of the heavenly host were giving praise to God. And the sons of God, the rest of the angelic being, were giving shouts to God. That's the origin of worship. God has always been worshipped. From the moment he created angels, he has always been worshipped. You may not be overtly charismatic and excitable when it comes to praise and worship. But you know what? The enemy will do all he can to keep you with your hands in your pockets or sat down on a chair or not engaged because it's that praise he wants from you. 
Because if he, if, he, if he sees you giving praise to God, he knows he's defeated because it was praise that he wanted and he didn't get. But if you begin to praise in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of pressure or problems or difficulties, that's the praise that gets God's attention. And it really annoys the enemy. Ezekiel 28, verse 12 to 15. Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were sealed, you, sorry, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. The sardis, topaz and diamond, beryl, onyx and jasper, sapphire, tur- turquoise and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Old King James translation puts it this way. The workmanship of thy timbrels, which are timbrels or tambourines. That's the first, <laughs> the first time ever that I've used my iPad to preach. I've just lost it. That's amazing. First time ever. Let me read the scripture. Where are you? Where's the scripture? Ah, there's the scripture. So, in the old King James, it words this way. The workmanship of thy timbrels, tambourines, and thy pipes was prepared in thee. Music was created in Lucifer. That's why music is so precious to him. That's why music on this earth is so corrupted because it came from the father of lies and deception. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Thy workmanship of thy timbrels and the pipes were prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. You were the anointed cherub which covers. I established you. You were on the mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in all your ways from the days day you were created till iniquity was found in you. There's only one person that's talking about. Last scripture. Isaiah 14 verse 12. It says, how you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you have cut down to the ground. You have weakened the nations. How true that is. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend. Listen to how many times he says, I. For, for, I've said, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest side of the north. I will ascend Above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the most high God. That is the work of the enemy. See, I could have come here this morning and just preached an incredible message on praise and worship without laying this foundation first. But without this foundation, the rest of it doesn't make sense. It's just songs we sing. It's worship before God. But when we know how important this is, it changes everything. He couldn't take the throne of God in heaven nor the praises that were given by God to God by the heavenly hosts. But the God of this age and the prince of the power of this air, he has influenced music 
the music industry, the artists, and the hearers to bring him praise from the earth. Think about that. Selah. Think about that. Oh, I, like I say, I, I, I could get some Brian Adams music going and Bruce Springsteen and I could get some... But are they soul health? Are they destructive words? We need to protect our heart with all diligence. And I know this, this message is going to land on some hearts and you're going to receive it, embrace it, and thank God for it. There's others are going to say, I didn't like that. I like my music. Please don't get offended with the postman. I am just the postman. The Lord, I believe, gave me this thought. So we need to protect our heart with all diligence. Our praise to God needs to be passionate. When we know what God has done for us, they who have been forgiven much, they love much. When you know what you've been forgiven, you know what, what, what he took for you at the cross, I tell you what, we should then be praising with all of our heart, with all of our being. I remember being at a U2 concert up at Cardiff Arms Park, when Cardiff Arms Park was there, Wales, and I, it, the concert had finished. And that, there was one voice amongst, I don't know, 20,000 people that were in the, in the stadium. And it was me. I was shouting with everything. I got, but my voice is so short. It was a mess. But I wanted them to come on for another encore and do another song. But you know what? He's changed my heart. It's no longer the songs of you two. It's the songs of him alone. And I tell you, I, I, like I say, I can sing and praise all day long. You won't get a message. I'll just come along with a whole bunch of songs to sing. But that's not going to be helpful. When we know what praise, that moment we begin to open our heart and say, Lord, I praise you. Bang! He inhabits that praise. He steps in. He's already in because he abides within. His spirit, his presence is abiding within us. But the tangible presence of God becomes real in the room. This, this can change praise and worship in this room. We had such a good morning this morning. It feels like, oh, why are you saying this? But you, what's it like 24 hours a day for you? What's it like on your Monday morning? What's it like when you're facing pressure? What's it like when, when, when circumstances, when finances don't add up? Are we still praising him? Or is that the moment we begin to moan and grumble and complain? Oh, the Lord came through for somebody else. He never seems to come through for me. Come on, get your... See, I've got my praise shoes on this morning again. I have to wear my praise shoes every Sunday at the moment. Don't allow the God of this world to rob you from praising God. Don't let the prince of the power of the air take your best song. Do you know what? I, I, during, during the height of worship this morning, or praise and worship this morning, I, I did see myself 
my Englishness um, stopped me. But I'd, I saw myself running around the room with such joy and glee and excitement, and I know I should have done. Because there would have been a triumphant procession around the room, I'm sure. But that isn't that, isn't that what it's meant to be? That we're not hindered by Englishnessness. Because the King of Kings is worthy of it all. He is worthy of it all. Ah, oh, you know, I'm, I am shy. I oh, know you won't believe it. I am introvert. It is the anointing that enables me to do what I do. Please believe that. So for me to start running around the room like a man or taken by God. Yes. But that's what I want. That's what I see in my heart. When I see the house... I see a house full of passionate people loving on God and the sounding surrounding area just being impacted by the praises of God's people. And not just in this room that we, in our daily week, week, we go out into our world and there's a song of praise on our heart. There's a song of thanksgiving. The people look at you and you think you're an absolute weirdo. Why? Because the praises of God are bursting forth from us. Don't allow the God of this age to rob you of your praise for God. Don't allow the subtlety of his deception to distract you from pressing in to God. I, when I was stood here this morning, trying to work out who it was, somebody over there was just arms and, I don't know about legs going, but their arms were going. It's like, I'm loving what I'm catching on the side of my eye. But if I loved it, and you were praising God, how much more did God love what he saw? I'm going to finish with this statement from a well-known Christian artist, Matt Redman. We're coming back to the heart of worship. And it's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you. Let's come back to the heart of worship. You may have never been at that place where you've given your all in praise and worship. Like I say, I, I preached this message, 18 pages, 22 sides, and I didn't clap, I didn't lift my hands, I didn't jump, I didn't get on my knees, and I wouldn't lay prostrate on the floor. But I can now, and I could at any moment do that at any time before my God, because I got a revelation of who he is. And it's the revelation of who he is that transforms every other area of our life. I want to pray as we finish this morning. If there's anybody here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you may have come into an odd, an odd Sunday, a, a different type of message. But I do trust that it touched your life and impacted your heart today. And if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to pray for you today. I want to pray that... He becomes so real to you that you begin a journey with him and acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior. So we're going to pray a very simple, short prayer. I call it the prayer of introduction. I want to introduce you to the Jesus I know and the Jesus that many of us in this room know this morning. And I just want to pray for you that the word of God will impact your life in such a way. 
So let's just uh, close our eyes, bow our heads, and please repeat nice and loud after me. Jesus, we want to come to you. And we acknowledge that you are Lord and Savior of all. And today, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. The one who forgives. The one who gives a new start. Jesus, I receive you and I acknowledge you in my heart this day. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, while every head is bowed and eye closed, if you prayed that prayer today, and you prayed it and meant it, and you want Jesus to come into your heart, I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand. I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to ask you to pop up your hand. One, two, three. If you prayed that prayer this morning, and you want Jesus in your life, just pop up your hand. Looking around at most of you, thank you, I see your hand, that's brilliant. So anybody else in this room, you say, yeah, count me in. I don't want to miss out on this moment. I don't want to miss out on this journey. Jesus, I believe that you're real and you came to save me. Going to count down from five. Five, four, three, two. Thank you. I see that hand there as well. Jesus is moving in this room. I've got one second left. Oh, you can make this decision another week. But why not now? Got one second. Is there anybody else in the room? You say, yeah, count me in. One. Father, I thank you for these two individuals who have put up their hand to respond to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ today. And Father, we thank you that the the message of the gospel is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And I thank you for these two people, these two souls that are connected to you this day. And I pray, Father, that you would just move mightily upon their life and just fill them with your goodness and your love so that overwhelms them this day and forever. Father, for the rest of us in this room, Father, I pray Lord, this won't be just the words of a man, but Lord, that my tongue was the pen of a ready writer. And I pray, Lord, that your word would just drop into our heart and everyone in this room would just take a hold of that word and weigh it in the balance of scripture. And Lord, that which is right and good and honest and true, Lord, that they would receive and place it in their heart and make changes to the journey of their life moving forward. I thank you for your faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen.